A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. been a beekeeper Esther so I've been a beekeeper about 12 years because I just wondered because you're so knowledgeable about it and you you speak so technically about it and um I know you've been doing it for 10 years but were you ever interested 12 years 12 years 12 years sorry but oh all right um but were you at school were you were you ever interested in biology well I did do biology um I knew about osmosis I'm not a scientist. I like learning things through actually doing them. Yes, well, that's the best way, isn't it? I was just trying to imagine you in school in a biology class and being the star pupil. No, no, I wasn't really um, the star pupil in many things, really, at school. But, yeah, I did, like, I did enjoy biology. I liked it, Miss Appleyard. She was uh, related to Big Daddy, the wrestler. Ooh. Wash I like him and haystacks. Oh, yeah. So, we're not going to go to the hive today, Jane. It's been very dramatic this week in the apiary. We started this podcast thinking it was all going to be straightforward, and it's the biggest drama I've ever had in beekeeping. <laughs> so, um, the inspector came back to, you know, assess the um, Italian bees yeah. because he had to check them for this Italian hive beetle, which munches its way through the whole colony. Anyway, we didn't have the Italian hive beetle. But in my other colony, we've got this disease called EFB, European Fowl Brood. Anyway, I was absolutely devastated. <laughs> Anyway, I started crying. Aww. I was so upset because um, European fowl brood is a disease that um, that came in about 1970s. It's a bacteria that affects the gut of the the honeybee. So if they like were to go into another hive and steal some honey, or a beekeeper might leave some honey out, you know, on a table or something like that, and a bee sucks up that honey the bacteria gets into their gut and then they go back to the colony and then they start to feed the babies the baby larva and the bacteria gets into the gut of the larva and it just takes all the food from the larva so they can't grow into a fully fledged bee the colonies work really hard and if it's a strong colony they'll actually take out the dead larvae mm. and throw it onto the ground mm. outside the hive. And they can actually manage this illness. And then in the spring, the beekeeper gives new comb, takes everything out, puts everything in fresh, and the bees usually fire up again and everything's fine. But I 
I've noticed my bees haven't been brilliant or they've produced honey the last two years and everything's been okay. But in the winter, they've sort of died off a bit. And I thought, oh, it can't be Varroa mite because I, 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 I treat them for that. So the bee inspector did the inspection and he confirmed that I've got this European fowl brood. So we had to destroy the bees. Oh, no. It was a small colony. Um, but we had to destroy them for the good of all the other bees in the area because often when a colony starts to get weak, other bees from other areas might come in and steal honey and invade the colony mm. and then obviously they, they would then mm. take the, the disease back to their homes, their colonies. My bees might have caught it in that way because in North London there's an absolute epidemic of this mm. European fowl brood mm. and it's the irony of of it is that you know it seems so much like what we're dealing with as human beings at the moment it's just it's just so sad i mean it's um it kind of feels strange to me because they're not you know like dogs or cats they're not like domestic pets um but you obviously get very close to your bees and your colonies um and like you say it's um you know, we as a human race are experiencing a similar thing, you know, with 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 our pandemic. Um, so it's it's weird that the bees, you know, are echoing what what, what we're going through. So I, I can understand your upset on one level because it's relatable to what we're experiencing as human beings. Well, it is very upsetting. And, you know, if I could, I would have just brought all my bees home and put them in little beds and giving them all a little drink and some little sandwiches and I would have looked after them, but I can't do that. So the government says, you know, you have to destroy them. It's terrible. It's terrible what's happened. I can't believe it. It's just all gone wrong. Poor US. In a way, for me, this is an opportunity to be really educated about this European mm. file brew, which I've been terrified mm. of getting for the last... 12 years because it's been in my area and um it's always been in with about three kilometers which is bee flying distance so i've known it's been in the area and you know i've taken in swarms i've caught swarms because swarms are great fun to catch and in the early days um, when i first started beekeeping i never caught swarms only my own swarms because i knew about disease but when i moved to this new apiary I got a bit gung-ho and thought oh I'll catch swarms I've got loads of space I'm gonna have loads of bees and although my um you know my cleanliness was all good I don't know where these swarms were coming from so I finally got the dreaded European fowl brood well I haven't got it but my bees had it and they've been destroyed and um now everything that the hive that they were in has all been cleaned out um, with like a Bunsen burner, which I do every spring anyway. Um, but because I've got these new bees, there's a possibility that they might have been infected with it. So in six weeks' time, the bee inspector's got to come back again because once you've had a case of it in your apiary, it's very, very difficult to get rid of. So you have to live with it. So it's a case of living with the disease a bit like COVID-19 flipping heck so when when the inspector comes back if he does mm. find an incidence of it in the Italian bees 
will he have to destroy them as well? Not necessarily, because if they're a healthy colony and there's plenty of them, they should be able to clean out the diseased larva. And then if there is a case of it, then it's not too late in the summer. I can refresh all the comb again, as I did, you know, as I do anyway at the beginning of the spring, but do it at the end of the summer. They'll build new comb, which sort of purges them as well of the disease as they build new comb and then hopefully they'll be all right but it's it's you know this this particular disease used to be manageable but once it gets into an area where all bees in the area have got it with the monkos why could they not have overrode this and as you know is it just because all the bees were affected by it um, when you were saying about the Italians being a healthy colony, might there be a case that only a, a few of the bees were affected by it? Because it was only a small colony, you know, these frames that we've seen in the in the hive, you know, it was about sort of three of those. So the Italians are on about five of those frames, but the, the Moncons were only on about three. So the bee inspector... He said it's not worth trying to start afresh with these ones because there's not enough of them to sort of get on top of it. So he just said, let's just burn it, burn the comb and start afresh. So moving forward, I'm just going to be beekeeping in it in a new way, possibly with this disease. So will you get another lot of bees for the other hive or are you just going to concentrate on the uh, Italians for now? I mean, I would like another colony of bees, but I'm going to stick with the Italians for now. I've got to wait for them to, to get a new queen, which again is a bit stressful for bees at this time of year because they want to be cracking on with a full colony. I would like another set of bees, but they're, they're ever so expensive, Jane. You know, it's about 200 odd quid for a package of bees. And um, if I'm going to be dealing with this disease, maybe I should just start small again from the beginning and let's see how we go with this. And not going to be defeated. Well, I think that's good. I think it's good to focus on one one colony for now, isn't it? Mm. Especially as there's a few issues going on in that colony. They should sort themselves out. Um, and the only other time I've had an accidental death of um, a queen uh, like this is when a bee inspector killed her. <laughs> About 10 years ago, I had a bee inspector came and she did an inspection. She was brilliant and there was my bees were all fine. And when I went back to the hive about 10 days later, there was no queen there and no eggs. And I counted back. I could work out what had happened. And it was the day the bee, the bee inspector came. So she accidentally killed the queen. So I've got to put my hands up and say, I think when I fed the bees some syrup the other week, the queen bee must have been under the bucket of syrup and I must have squashed her. And that's Ooh. it. So I'm... Mm. <laughs> turned into the worst. I feel like I've turned into the worst beekeeper in North London. Well, you haven't. You haven't. It's just circumstance, isn't it? What sort of syrup do you feed your bees? I feed them with sugar and water, and that's just a starting thing, just to get them going. Because of course, really, they just want to have their own nectar flow, um, and that's the best thing for bees. So, just when you first get a colony or a swarm, you just give them a little bit of syrup just for them to be able to get build in the wax, and that really starts things off. It's just like a tonic for them. 
a winter tonic. Yeah, but bees will eat anything sweet. I heard um, a story once about a beekeeper looked in his hive and all the honey was blue. And it turned out that the bees had been sucking the sugar off some blue skittles from a factory. Oh, and And were they um, hyper? Because the blue ones make you hyper, don't they? Do they? Yeah. The blue ones. Well, bees are up. Blee, boo, um, <laughs> have you had bees some, have you had some are skittles today? Hyper. <laughs> oh, yeah, I've eaten 50 packets. <laughs> Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, bit to get 30, bit to get 20, 20, 20, bit to get 20, 20, bit to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. So I'll call well, I would take I would take a vote for letting nature take its course, give give this newly hatched bee queen bee a chance. I would say, um, because if it doesn't work, you can still get another queen, can't you, through the post? Yeah, I could. I mean, I feel my instincts are, you know, like I say, I'd reach for another colony or I'd just let nature take its course. Because like you say, if it, if something goes wrong, we'll just deal with that and we'll see what happens with these little queens. And hopefully there'll be one that's good well, enough. I think she will be. She'll be all right. I think you should trust Esther. I believe in nature and I believe in bees. And in fact, you know, I think the Church of the Bees is the best one to be in. So... Now I've got you on board, Jane. Well, well, Esther, I was thinking about my own hive and setting up my own hive, but you'll be glad to know you've put me off. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've put you off this week, but I think I can draw you back, Jane. Mm. I'm convinced that you're going to enjoy it. And by the end of, you know, the next episode or the one after that, You'll be gagging to get in that bee suit. Oh, I'm not so sure, Esther. I personally, because I've come in right at the deep end and I know what could potentially happen. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know. I just think that you have to be really committed to do it. I think it's a massive commitment. It is a commitment, but there's something so lovely about looking after things and helping them survive. And bees are so fragile in this world they do need beekeepers well they need you people know, they... like you but do you think it's innate in you because you're a kind a kindly person do you think that if you're not that type <laughs> <laughs> well you have you... rather a hard edge around you and are unfeeling and uncaring um do you think perhaps bees aren't for you oh jane i think 
you'd be a lovely beekeeper. I think you'd it'd keep you calm and, you know, you are a natural honeybee because you're always so <laughs> well, busy. Well, I'm a worker bee. I think you're a worker bee. Yeah, and I do like honey. So this week I decided to invite a guest to come and chat to Jane and I about bees and who better than my beekeeping teacher Alison Benjamin who along with Brian McCallum set up Urban Bees to promote and educate about keeping bees in urban settings. Hey up Alison! Hi! Hi Alison! <laughs> Hi, hello! Who are you Alison? Where do you come from? So I'm Alison Benjamin. Um, I set up Urban Bees with Brian about um, 12 years ago or so, and Esther was one of our first pupils. I then got anaphylactic shock to bee stings, which was very unfortunate for a beekeeper. So I let Brian go off and do the beekeeping, and I got much more interested in the plants and the, all the forage for the bees. I'm also a journalist on The Guardian, and I've written a few books about bees to try and encourage other people to develop an interest in nature really. I decided actually not to do the beekeeping anymore because I was a little bit nervous now around the honeybees so I thought I'll let Brian do the beekeeping and I'll still be involved in bees but in a different way. Yeah. Once I I was working for Alison and Urban Bees and um, I dressed up as a queen bee but you weren't allergic to me were you Alison? <laughs> No, well, the queen doesn't actually ever use a sting on a human, does she? No. She only, oh. uses, her, she only uses her sting to sting other queen bees. You never see a queen flying around because she only ever comes out for her virgin flight when she's mating with all the drones or if she goes to swarm. So she'll never be out on the flowers. You'll never see a queen bee out collecting any pollen and nectar on the flowers. The workers collect all the food for her. She doesn't have to do anything like that. Yeah, nice life. Yeah. Well, not in yeah. Esther's case, not in Esther's hive. <laughs> <laughs> Under fear of death on a daily basis. Yes, it's not been its usual, it's not taken its usual course of action. But bees can be very surprising, can't they? And they don't always do yeah. what you think. Yeah, I mean... Myself and Brian have written a number of books about bees, but we always say when we're teaching people that actually the bees don't read the books, so they're always doing really surprising things that you're never really prepared for. Mm. It, it's always, there's always something surprising. It keeps you on your toes. Alison, what sort of bee would you be if you could be any bee that you wanted <laughs> to be? I would have to be a hairy-footed flower bee. Oh, what's that one? just because I love the name. The hairy-footed flower bee is a type of solitary bee, but she's quite round and fluffy, so she looks a bit like a bumblebee, but she's black all over, and she's Ooh. got a really long tongue, and she flies around at the beginning of spring, sort of April time, and she flies around the comfrey. She loves comfrey, which has got these little bell-like flowers, and because she's got such a long tongue, she can get that into the the tip of the flower and sucks out all the nectar and she's just um she's just adorable because she's quite a, a good size to see the problem with some of the solitary bees is they're so tiny that it's really difficult to see them but she's a good size like a bumblebee size and she buzzes she makes a loud buzz and she sort of darts around a bit 
more like a hoverfly. And you can just spend, well, I can just spend hours watching her. I think she's really cute. Oh, oh that's nice. What would you be, Esther? I don't know. I was going to ask Alison because she's an expert. What sort of bee do you think I'd be, Alison? Oh, that's a difficult one, Esther. <laughs> <laughs> would I be an unusual bee? Yes, of course. Well, I'm, I'm just thinking about a bee I just saw in my garden today, the wool carder bee. She's very dramatic looking. Ooh. She's quite big like the bumblebee, but she's more sort of slender. And she's got a black body, but she's got these little yellow markings on the side of the abdomen, which makes her quite striking. There's a plant called the lamb's ear plant. I don't know if you know that one. That has um, very velvety, soft Yes, fluffes. Mm. Yes, I yeah, do know, fluffy. yes. Yeah, and it's got it like sage. Yes, that's right, but fluffier. Mm. And yeah. it's got lovely um, purple, purple spot. Yeah, purple flowers about this time of year. She comes and she collects some of that fluffy stuff from the leaves. Ooh. And she collects it into a little ball and she flies away with it to her nest and she lines her nest with uh, this fluffy stuff and she's another solitary bee so she lines her nest with it and then she um she lays her eggs and so I, I don't know if you would be a solitary bee though Esther because you are no Esther's sociable. not a, yeah she's not a solitary bee I think I think uh, I think you've got to think of something else for her Alison yeah maybe mm. um but what about a red-tailed bumblebee they're quite striking what do you think about I, that? I don't mind which bee you choose for me, but I do like <laughs> the idea of the, the one who goes on the lamb's ear mm. because um, I really like a nice, soft, cosy bed, and I, I like that, yeah. And how about you wouldn't have any friends around you? What would you be like? <laughs> You'd go out of your head. I would, actually, yeah. So, mm. Well, the one thing about solitary bees is even though they're solitary, they often make their nests next door to each other. Ooh. So it's a bit like Ooh. us, a bit like us if we're living in a block of flats or in a in a street and we are friendly with our neighbours, but we're not actually living with them. So you wouldn't be completely on your own, Esther. Oh, thank you, Alison. I don't know if you want, if you want to mention at some point. Yeah. Do you, do you um, grow herbs on your allotment, Esther? Well, I grow marjoram, mint, rosemary, lavender, chives, parsley, thyme. All of those are great for bees, aren't they? If you let some of them flower. We can definitely promote that. Because mm, that's an easy thing for people to have in the garden, isn't it? As long as people let a few of them flower, then the bees will be mm, happy. Lovely. Brilliant. Lovely. Oh, thank you. Oh, thanks, okay. Alison. Okay. Bye. 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 Love you too. Bye. <laughs> Well, thank you for this week, Esther, and I look forward to seeing you next week. Oh, yes, I hope you have a very nice week, Jane. It's such a joy to see you in this lockdown times. And I love you. I love you, Ducky. See you next week. See you next week. Bye. Bye. Queen Bees is written and created by Esther Coles and Jane Horrocks. It is produced by Claire Broughton and Andy Goddard and partly recorded at the Hives on my allotment near Crouch End in London. Our title music is Sweet Nothing by Amy Mae Ellis and Will Cookson. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram 
at Queen Bee's Pod for pictures and videos from the hive. Queen Bee's is a hat trick podcast. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.